Hi, this is Big Talk. Michael Glab here. My guest this week, uh, like just about every week, is a Bloomington institution. And I want to say for about the last 30 years or so, this person basically has fed much of Bloomington. And that is, of course, Jeff Meese of One World Enterprises. A ton of restaurants, a ton of eating businesses that we'll go into. Jeff, thanks for being on Big Talk. Thanks for having me. This has been a long time coming, Michael. Jeff, there are so many businesses involved in One World Enterprises. I'm going to go over them right now. There's Pizza X, there's Lenny's, there's Bloomington Brewing Company, there's One World Catering, and One World at Woolery Mill. That's a big event operation there. Uh, there's the Loesch Farm Gardens. There's One World Kitchen Share. And there's even the most recent uh, iteration is Hive over on the east side. Wow, you're ambitious. That is a lot, isn't it? Yeah. But it took, third, it took 38 years. So, yeah, that's what happens when you kind of just keep on one path. You got into the restaurant business while you were a young punk kid, a college student. The story goes you were, you were a, a student at IU in about the year 1982 or so, and uh, you wanted to go to work for Domino's Pizza. Well, I didn't want to, but I <laughs> needed a job. <laughs> <laughs> what were you going to do there? Uh, I was going to deliver pizza, and I did. Did you own a car? I didn't own a car, no, no. Uh, but my girlfriend owned a car. My girlfriend, Lenny, we both lived in Wright Quad, and she said that I could use her car if, we, uh, if I kept it in gas and uh, paid for dinner on Sunday nights because the dorms didn't serve dinner on Sundays. Now, Lenny is Helen Dare, and lo these many years later, she remains your business partner. Yeah, indeed. Uh, Lenny also, who is the person after whom Lenny's was named, I would assume. Right. A lot of people <laughs> don't know that. Now, you kids eventually got married. We did, yep. About 83. Not didn't wait too long. You were a, you were a young punk kid then, too. Yep. <laughs> you, you jumped into things with both feet, it looks like. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so you're delivering pizzas for Domino's. What are you thinking? Well, I'd, uh, I had grown up in a family business, and my father owned a grocery store. Small town in Ohio, town the size of maybe Martinsville. And uh, was a successful grocery store. I was the youngest of five kids. All the kids worked in the store growing up, you know, so you really got a socialization. By doing that, I mean, I'd, I'd, I started when I was eight years old as a, huh. the job, you know. So by the time I'm 18, uh, you know, go to college, I've already had a job for 10 years. And one thing is you sort of get bored not having a job. That was part of the idea. My, I didn't have a job my freshman year, and I partied too much. Uh-oh. So sophomore year, I'm going to get a job. Plus, it's nice to have a little money. And there was a there was a ad in the IDS. Domino's Pizza was hiring drivers. I had discovered Domino's the prior year, 
And this idea that you could get a pizza delivered for six bucks with Cokes that were only a dime, and uh, you know, while you're studying and eat some pizza in about 30 minutes, amazing. So I just kind of fell in love with the product and uh, the idea of delivering pizza seemed like a good one. So I went in, got a job, got hired. And that the, the experience of being in that pizza delivery business compared to the grocery store, I can't tell you. It's so, so much more fast paced. You know, you're running, you're delivering pizzas. It's loud. You're jumping in the car and it's like a road rally with every delivery. And, uh, and, and, and was, you, wasn't this in, in the days when uh, uh, Domino guaranteed within a certain few minutes you'd get your pizza? Yeah, my memory was I don't think we did that in Bloomington. I don't think ah. we, we had that guarantee uh, in Bloomington. Uh, they, it had already, they'd already had some legal issues. Yeah, there were some auto accidents and so forth. Yeah, right. right. So it's fast-paced, late-night business. You close at 3 o'clock in the morning, a couple hours to clean up. And I kind of ingratiated myself to the young managers there. Everybody was young. Domino's was growing fast, and the managers were all young. And because I was a good employee, I knew how to, you know, I'd grown up working. So if I didn't have deliveries, I was cleaning something, huh. you know, and uh, just to, to keep busy. And I liked that I'm, I'm good at it. And and so I'd get invited out to the after parties, you know, people would go, you know, it's five o'clock in the morning, the store's clean, we're going to somebody's house and drinking Jack Daniels and doing bong hits until the sun comes up. <laughs> That's, you know, just the way it was. And a couple of these guys were cooking up this idea, they'd found, they had this location in mind and they wanted to open a place to compete with Domino's. They were going to call it Pizza Express. Oh. And two guys were talking about this, and I kind of got involved in those conversations, and and it seemed really exciting to me. And I ended up kind of really like I ended up writing the business plan, and I ended up uh, going and finding money from my father agreed to co-sign a loan for us. So Ooh. that's how the whole thing got started. Along the way, one of the guys tailed off and went a different direction. But two of us, a, a local guy named Barry Lowenthal and I opened the store in uh, 1982. Len, Lenny and I weren't married yet. I was in Crosstown. Crosstown 2 Shopping Center had just been built uh, in, what, 81. And uh, we, were, we went in there on a gravel floor and, and uh, uh, we're the only business that has lasted that whole, you know, has been there since the beginning. So someone else was involved. What happened to that guy, that Lowenthal guy? We were both 19, 20 years old, and it was a rocky partnership. And uh, ended up, we parted ways after about three years, three and a half years. And Lenny, Lenny then got involved in the business. We were married by that time. It just it got a lot better. I can imagine you being a guy who says, I know what I want to do, and you know what? I'm going to do it. And sometimes uh, that, that might... Uh, the partner might say, hey, what about me? Well, in a way, I was the guy, I didn't know the pizza business. This, ah. I really didn't. I was a driver. And, you know, it's hard to remember when you didn't know something that you know now. It's yeah. just hard to get in. But sometimes I remind myself, you know, I didn't know anything about the pizza business when I got into this. But I understood business and marketing and dealing with people and dealing with customers, those were all things that I felt very skilled at. And my partner was not so skilled at those things. He was a hothead, 
I just talked to somebody a month ago who's like, you remember that partner you used to have that threw the pizzas against the wall? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was stressful. And I was kind of this, you know, I'm friendly guy and it just wasn't working. It wasn't working. We weren't making money yet. And I finally go, you know, this isn't working. Let's part ways. And so we went on from there and Lenny and I never looked back. Wow. Uh, you know, instead of closing the business down, you said, hey, uh, why don't you go do something else? <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, we had a lot of money invested in it at that point. He didn't have any money invested in it. Ah. So it's kind of like, yeah. So, hey, we, we spent 150 grand to get it open, lost another 150, you know, in operating losses. So there was something there that needed to get, you know, get yeah. built. You know, that old line about how uh, the vast majority of restaurants don't even survive the first year. Oh, but yeah. Somehow you did. Losing all that money didn't scare the bejesus out of you, in other words. Yeah, well, I tell you what, with, I'm thankful that, so thankful that I did that business first. Because yeah. uh, Lenny's, you know, when we opened it seven years later, was, was uh, if I'd have done Lenny's first, <laughs> it would have failed, I'm sure. Because I learned so much in this very simple, you know, the pizza delivery business is about as simple as it gets. I mean, it's, yeah. it's like probably McDonald's was in the 40s, you know, real easy to run. You learn what's important. And you learn how to make, you know, the bottom line in this business is not big. It's a few percentage points, 10 if you're lucky. Uh, and it takes a long time to get there. But you learn how to basically get everything working so that you can have that little bit of profit. It's not easy. You got to get those things out quick and hot. And yeah. you got to make them fast. Yeah, every night. And the same as last time. Because that's <laughs> the thing about customers. They want the same thing that they had the last time. I make my own pizza at home and it takes hours to do that. I mean, it's just endless. Oh yeah, that's right. I got to chop this. Oh yeah, that's right. I got to do that. You've got the system. It's systems. Yeah, yeah it's so true. Systems. Well, that system uh, led you to eventually open, uh, what, four other uh, Pizza X locations. Well, it was Pizza Express for a while and then it became Pizza X. About 10 years ago, we adopted Pizza X, the name Pizza X, because it was protectable with a federal trademark in a way that Pizza Express never was. Huh. And so, you know, for many years, it's like, well, it wasn't my name coming into the thing. Uh, but that name, you know, you can start a name of, and you can call a business whatever you want. When it comes down the road to if you ever have to protect that trademark because you want somebody else to not use it because it, it was yours first, you have to do that. There's nobody, there's no trademark police. You right. have to defend your trademark. And so to do that, you really need a federal registration. Could never get that. And you know, the time I tell people, it's, you, it's never a good time to change your name. It just ain't, you know? And when the, the best time to change your name is like five or 10 years ago. So as time's going by and the, the, the business is growing and I'm always going, oh man, I wish we had a, you know, changed our name five years ago, but it didn't, I wanted to find the right name. And yeah. so finally kind of lit on this, it was a marketing company out of Madison, Wisconsin, who said, hey, what about this, you know? And uh, like, yeah, yeah. 
I like that it preserves a lot of the energy of Pizza Express, but is protectable. And I think people coming back to town would go, oh, that must be Pizza Express. You know? Right. Yeah. right. You're, you're not really changing it. You're just lopping off one syllable. Exactly. And that's <laughs> always good. to. It's good to lop off a syllable if you can. <laughs> In about uh, 1993, you and Lenny uh, went your separate ways romantically. Even though to this day you remain civil and pals. We do. Pals? Yeah, I'd call us pals. Yes, she has. We share an office wall. Yeah. She's and, right and next door. You're not and, clunking yeah. each other over the head with frying pans or anything. No, no. Yeah, and our, our finances at some level are hopelessly intertwined. The thing is, is that when this divorce came down the pipe, her sort of half share in the company hadn't been made official. Tell me that story. It's interesting. This just came up a few days ago. I was explaining to somebody how we ended up 50-50. Early, I think when we got to be partners and when my, my father was still involved, my father used to have 52% when we had this little partnership right off the bat. That was Aww. smart. He was a smart guy. These two kids are going to open this business. He's going to keep hold of 52% and each of these kids got 24. Uh -huh. Well, that was handy when it came time to decide things are going to part ways, as you can imagine. So that's good. Some, somebody, in, somebody in charge. And uh, early on, well, I think after we got married and Lenny started getting involved in the business, my, uh, my father was like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sell her 10% you know, of my stuff and, you know, and we'll, I'll just sell it to her for a dollar or whatever. Anyway, so that's how for many years, you know, I ended up as a majority partner. But when we decided to split was we had already opened one, two, three Pizza X stores, uh, Lenny's we'd reopened. And we really, you know, we ran this thing like uh, like full partners, just like in a marriage. You know, you're there's in a marriage. It's not 51, 49. Better not be. You know? <laughs> and we sort of. We ran the business that way. And so when it was time to divvy that up, there was just, you know, we were, uh, we also, to our benefit, there's lots to do in a restaurant business. And rather than make all the decisions jointly, she, she dealt with the admin stuff and the payroll and the receivables and not many receivables, a lot of payables. Uh -huh. uh, and I dealt with the marketing and the operations and we didn't step on each other's toes very much. Uh -huh. uh, you know, she doesn't come asking me, you know, which bills to pay first. And I don't, I don't ask her uh, very many questions either. We just kind of do our thing and trust each other that, that unless there's some way we can really add value to the other person, like we just stay out of it, trust each other and make the best decision for the whole. So, so it just, you know, was just natural when we were splitting up to like, let's do this 50, 50. And you know, as I was explaining this to somebody the other day who uh, was questioning that idea because the lawyers, you know, if you talk to a lawyer, oh boy, they are, they will never recommend you ever do that. It's a recipe for disaster huh. uh, to, to any attorney. But, you know, I thought, well, what if, you know, if we, if we operated, if we operated as a 5149 situation, I don't think it'd work. It certainly wouldn't work as well, I think. Yeah. Because there's a there's a beauty, there's a egalitarian beauty to having it 
having equality, I think. Yeah. Right? There's not, there's always, otherwise there'll be always subtle power games. So long as you both know your boundaries. Yeah, and, and or, you know, try to keep learning the boundaries as you go along and respect yeah. them. Yeah, so it's a marvelous, you know, life's about, an, life's an experience. We you know life's a series of events you're not quite ready for. And, you know, here we are, you know, this age of the game, and, and it, continues to, it continues to work well. And, you know, we're each on each other's side. I want, I, want, I want her to, you know, get what she wants, and I think she wants me to get what I want, and it's cool. Lenny's uh, was over on 10th Street. For the first, what, uh, 20, 30 years of its existence? 30 years. 30 years, yeah. And just then, moved. at July 2019, you moved over to the old Finch's location, over near the Sample Gates. Yes. Great spot. It maybe is the best restaurant spot in town, I think. It's oh. a fabulous location. All you have to do is walk there. Yeah, right. <laughs> we, we do miss the parking you know we always used to complain about people when everybody complains oh you can't park at lenny's you know they did they, they can never find a parking spot so that's this that was before when yeah. we had a parking lot well you learn that actually that was a great situation compared to what we've got over on kirkwood in terms of parking even a small parking lot is loads better than no parking lot you know there's never enough parking that's just the way it is. It was a gourmet pizza place. What makes a pizza place gourmet? Well, I don't know if we'd be a gourmet pizza place in 2000 and what year is it, 20. Artichoke hearts on a pizza, that was edgy, I want to tell you. And something besides tomato sauce on a pizza, what do you mean, pesto, really? These were edgy things. So, uh, you know, we'd had pizza, really what happened was, Pizza Express was doing very well. Some, I had a great manager there, and I was bored. That's usually when we start new businesses. I'm bored. I'm easily bored, and I like to. I lo I love the creative. Creating Hive was the most fun I've had in the last five years. Oh. I love doing that part, melding it all together. It feels like it feels like I'm not a musician, but it feels like what a musician would do when he makes a song. You know, you got the lyrics and you got music and you have the drama and it's got to start in a certain way and you know and there's a chorus all these things it feels it feels like that but back in the day of when we only had pizza express we were smart enough you can't mess with that you know that that thing is a machine and it's got to be fast and you maybe sell 700 pizzas on a friday night and it's got to be a tight you can't be playing around with stuff that slows things down Right. But there's a, you know, there is, I think, almost a human desire to, we really love offering hospitality. And so there's that draw to the hospitality business. And, uh, and this space right next to our original Pizza Express came open, had been a space port originally, then a, a Taco John's. Uh-huh. And uh, space became available. Lenny and I were a little bit afraid that a fast food like a Burger King would move in there or something and maybe steal all our late night business. Oh. And uh, we're, we're like, you know, and what if we, uh, what if we did a sit down place here that was kind of town and gown that was that maybe not really for students, but when the students' parents came a little bit nicer, that sort of model. And we thought it, we thought it could work. So that was, that was the vision behind Lenny's and it really Lenny's became 
in a real kind of neat way what we had always intended it would be was this real blend you know you come in and there's young people and elderly people and everything in between and yeah it's uh it's a real kind of gathering spot and melting pot so tell me did you have to experiment with toppings and uh, and things on that order did you say hmm i wonder if this will work let me give it a shot well, I'm not a chef. I really, I, uh, I love food. I, uh, I know what I like. I know when things taste good. I know when they don't taste good. But my ideas, I don't come up, I, I don't know the last time I've had an original idea. I just go places and try things and like, oh man, that's great. Got to do that. You know, uh, sort of like a little Marco Polo, bring stuff back to my, to my, you know, home, home country and share it with my native folks. Uh, that's kind of fun for me. So I, yeah, yeah, these are ideas back in the day. They're Basbo's pizza in Indy predated us. Some guys pizza in a variety of places around the country. were kind of doing cool, interesting stuff with pizza. And that's in, and of course there's trade magazines and stuff like that. So it's more, it's more that I'd get ideas from things I'd see out there rather than really that they're not my original ideas. So you were an explorer more than an experimental scientist. Yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> and also other people, you know, Lenny, Lenny contributed some items. Uh, we had a partner. He and his wife were very involved. He's passed away, but, uh, and his, his, uh, his uh, wife is, is not in town anymore, but they were very involved and she came up, she was really into salads. And I, I credit Sue Hamlin with this. She came up with these great salads that, uh, and Lenny's has sort of gotten known for salads and we've always been, because we've committed to having them fresh and we don't buy those bagged salad greens. You know, we, we make our own right. salad base. So always have. There's yeah. a good idea because some of my favorite pizza joints back in home Chicago, served good salads. You got to have that. It's like a balance. Yeah, yeah. Hey, I, I'm, I'm wondering, something called Loesch Farm Gardens. Uh, what do you own, a 69-acre farm? Is that what you're telling me? Yeah, we have a farm just, uh, just uh, about 10 minutes from the square. Uh, yeah, it's a real pretty piece of property. We bought it about 12 years ago. And with the idea that we might one day build a brewery out there or do, a, do an event space, now that we know that pandemics can actually happen, <laughs> I don't know that we're ever going to build another event space. Holy mackerel. But who knows? Who knows what the future? But along the way, we've, we've just done some, I've, I'm a, I love to garden. Lenny doesn't love to garden, but we've gotten some water buffalo. We, uh, originally thought maybe we'd make some cheese, but that just didn't come together. But last year with a pandemic, we've got this really nice uh, pasture going up at the entry. The entry, And I really thought there's a model of uh, community gardens common in Europe that they do them differently than what we do here. And I really wanted to start something like that. So that's what it is. We have, we have 24 garden plots out there that can, the idea is that people would have them year to year. And it becomes almost like their little piece of ground in the country. And uh, 12 of them are full and probably will fill up the other 12 this year. You mean you rent out the little plot? Yeah. 
Yeah, that's the idea. It's a community garden, but done in kind of a different way. I think a more sustainable uh, and holistic way than the, what the city and county do with their gardens. Yeah. Well, what can you plant? Uh, can you plant anything? Yeah, anything, anything, yeah. I mean, uh, the idea would be people can plant brambles and dwarf fruit trees. And I mean, it's gotta be legal, Michael, but, uh, <laughs> uh, but, but uh, yeah. Speaking of that, <laughs> last year, you got the idea to sell some a la carte things. You made a, a partnership with Baked of Bloomington. So you, you wanted to sell some cookies there at uh, where? At, at Pizza at X? P at Pizza X, yeah. Okay. Now, you, you began on April 20th, which, as the wise among us know, is 420. And 420 has a special meaning to potheads. <laughs> it just happened. I swear to God, we're just looking at when the rollout date is, and we're like, our, we got with baked and said, okay, you know, okay, we're gonna do this, and we need to do it fast because, because, uh, uh, well, things just need to happen fast. It, it was a pandemic, and the ship was crashing, you know, uh, and uh, uh, and we're like, well, okay, maybe not next Monday. Maybe we can do it the next, or it was Tuesday, whatever. And we're like. Okay, look at the date. Oh, 420. Oh, yeah, that must be Providence. We'll, we'll do that. <laughs> Get this. I'm yeah. looking at PPP stuff this morning, studying the PPP stuff about forgiveness, loan forgiveness. And it's giving some examples about, well, if you, what if in the FAQ page? And this example, I swear to God, was, okay, as an example, if your employee uh, started his employment on April 20th of <laughs> So it's not just us. It's some <laughs> people, people in legislative services having fun too. Hey, speaking of PPP, you actually used paycheck protection money to give your hourly employees a little raise, a temporary raise, of course. I mean, you can't go on forever, but you gave them some money. Tell me about that story. You know all about me. You've been researching. Between Alex Ashkin and me, we've been rolling up some great interviews, and our schedule is getting awfully tight. So, we're going to air part two of my conversation with food entrepreneur Jeff Meese tomorrow, Friday, January 29th at 11.30 a.m., during the time when we normally air a repeat of today's program. So tune in tomorrow for the rest of Jeff Meese and me, your host, Michael Glab, on Big Talk. Let it leave my mind.